It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good morning and welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it was a rude awakening. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday morning and yes, very live on our Locked On ATL YouTube channel. So make sure you guys are leaving some comments in the comments section. It is great to be with you here on this Monday. We've got a lot to get to. The Falcons have a game coming up this week. We'll get some notes in on Marcus Mariota plus a list that says Georgia is not the best at this position. I'll tell you what that is coming up all on the show today. This morning, again, we are live here on our YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Near 3,000 subscribers already on YouTube, so make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching, and follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And a lot to do on today's show, but manifestly, let's start with the Atlanta Braves and the series that they had against the New York Mets. Uh, they lost four or five. And we talked about this last week, right? Either team goes three and two. It's only a one-game swing in either direction. But one more game going four and one was a three-game swing. And now the Braves sit six and a half games out of first place in the NL East. And really, in reality, be thankful that it's only six and a half games because it could be eight and a half games, right? Like, here's the deal. Taiwan Walker, the starter for the Mets, when they when the Braves won game two, he gave up eight runs in that start. He gave up 10 earned runs in the entire month of July. So that start was so out of character for him. And I'm not taking anything away from the Braves. I'm just saying if he pitches to anything like what he's pitched all year long, the Braves might have gotten swept. They were like one bad start away from getting swept by the Mets at City Field. Now, Let's just be objective about this as we sit here on August 8th. The Mets are a better team. That's it. Like, there, there's not any other way to slice it. I'm not saying things couldn't change over the course of the next two, two months through the end of the regular season. But right now, the Mets are the better baseball team. Is that a, an insult to the Braves? No, it's not. It's just a fact of the matter. They've got deeper pitching. They've got better pitching. Um, they have a – some people will call it luck – some of the people will call it a scrappiness to them on their offense. They don't necessarily hit the ball out of the ballpark all that much, but uh, they find ways to hit them where they ain't. They find ways to hit them where they ain't, and that's, that's important. So, again, this is the best Mets team. You know, you have to go back a long time. Like, this is this team right now is better than the 2015 team that went to the World Series, and, and big-time Mets fans will tell you that. They will absolutely tell you that this is the best Mets team they've seen in, in 20 years. And they're probably not wrong. I'm more like 15. So this is what the Braves have to contend with. The Mets are better. This is, the, the, there isn't any other way to slice it. That doesn't mean the Braves are bad. That doesn't mean the Braves won't make the playoffs. That doesn't mean the Braves won't win the division. The Mets are just better right now. The scary part isn't being six and a half back of Philly with seven to play. Six and a half back of the Mets, rather, with seven to play. The scary part is, is only being three games in front of Philadelphia, who is charging right now. That, to me, is more of a concern than necessarily catching the Mets. 
I mean, when you look at where the Braves are right now and how they got here, and remember the complaints that during the 14-game winning streak, oh, it was against Pittsburgh and Colorado and all these bad teams and the Nationals. And, you know, what happens when they play a good team? Oh, well, they played a good team, and this is what happened. Again, that does not mean that the Braves are bad or will falter. They have six games coming up against bad teams in Boston and Miami. And they have another doubleheader this coming Saturday. Two against Boston and then four against uh, Miami in three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, and then you get a big week in front of them after that. Four against the Mets at Truist, three against the Astros at Truist. That's your seven-game series. That is your seven-game playoff series. If they can win four out of those seven games, I'm okay. And every Braves fan should be. If they can win four out of seven, you feel like with the level of pitching you're going to see across those seven games, you can win a seven-game series pretty much against anybody. And I think that's the best barometer you're going to get whether you win the division or not. So it is a big week. But here's the reality, guys, of what the Braves have to face right now, being six and a half out with seven to play. We've talked a little bit about this. The consolation prize of finishing second in the NL East with the best non-division winning record is the San Diego Padres in a three-game series because they're the other highest, second highest wild card. The, the third and final wild card will play the last division, the, the third division winner, right? So the top two seeds get a bye. In this case, it would be the Dodgers and the winner of the NL East. And then the winner of the NL Central, Milwaukee or uh, St. Louis, is the three seed, and they get the sixth wild card. So four and five play each other. So the consolation prize, and right now the Padres are five, the consolation prize of, of finishing second in the NL East and get this, and this is the run that you have for the postseason. Three games against the Padres, five games against the Dodgers, seven games against the Mets, and that's just to get to the World Series before you have to beat the Astros or the Blue Jays in seven games. And yes, I didn't say the Yankees because the Yankees aren't going to the World Series. Right. Just, just an objective fact at this point, folks. Uh, don't, don't get caught up. The three scariest teams in baseball right now are the Astros, the Blue Jays, and the New York Mets. They just are. There's no way around it. Those are the three toughest teams right now in baseball. And again, a lot could change. A lot could change. And things are changing for the Braves right now. Ian Anderson gets sent down, which a move we all expected was coming. However, they already said he is going to be the 27th man and make a start in the doubleheader on Saturday. So he's going to get a week off here or make a start on Monday or Tuesday um, and then come back. And pitch again on Saturday, he'd have to start tonight down in AAA um, because it would be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the fifth day would be Saturday in one of these doubleheader games. So uh, if he's going to go make a start in AAA, that's what it's going to be. Otherwise, he'll just work on side sessions and throwing and everything else. But, you know, who knows what Ian Anderson is at this point. Even Spencer Strider yesterday got banged around a little bit more than a lot of us would have expected. And Strider was cool, calm, and collected after basically just saying, hey, uh, the Mets got lucky. This is August. Let's see what happens in October. Pretty big words from a rookie and a guy who's never pitched there before. But it's comforting to see, to say the least, because this is the the makeup of this young man. And I've, I've raved about him. You guys have known this. If you're watching for the first time here on our YouTube channel, I've been raving about Spencer Strider since the beginning and believe he should be in the rotation for the postseason over 
guys like Charlie Morton or Kyle Wright, one or the other. But after Max Fried, it's Spencer Strider is my number two guy for me because the stuff is electric and he's unbeatable. I shouldn't let me phrase that. Not unbeatable. He's almost unhittable. But again, it's not like the Braves, it's not like the Mets yesterday were hitting hard balls off Strider and wrapping balls off the wall and hitting the ball. I mean, there were little dinks and dunks all over the place. So Strider to me is still the best option. But understand, and I've seen a lot on the Twitterverse from Braves fans, you know, chirping at Mets fans and, you know, World Series this. And you guys, are they're all right to. That's fine. I'm, I, I don't do it. I would do it too if I was you guys. But understand objectively, the Mets are a better team right now. And that's okay. The Braves have time to get better. They still have time to catch them. They're obviously going to need a little bit of help. But still, this, this weekend series with the Mets was the mental edge they needed, the Mets needed, to remind everybody about how good they were. This was more of a test for the Mets than it was for the Braves. And the Mets passed the test with flying colors. Let's see what the Braves do. Let's see how they respond because that's the big thing. And I'm sure they'll kick the snot out of Boston and Miami because they're lesser teams and they can do that. But how will they rebound next week? Not this week that we're in. The following week when they got three, uh, four against the Mets at Truist and three against the Astros. It's a seven-game series. Got to win four out of those seven games there. All right, coming up next, uh, Marcus Mariota is very much a nice guy. You know what they say about nice guys. I'll tell you that coming up here in a moment. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, which is a lot of fun, uh, scores, podcasts. They've got you covered with everything. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, the game starts for the Atlanta Falcons coming up here on Friday as they take on the Detroit Lions in their first preseason game. And it'll be the first preseason game for Marcus Mariota in a, in a Falcons uniform. Now, um, there was a column that came out from Josh Kendall who covers the Falcons for The Athletic. Uh, really good writer. Josh and I have, have gotten a you know cross pass at training camp, and I, I, I like his work. I genuinely do. And I don't say that as a caveat. I just genuinely like his work. But the column that came out today, and the headline is, Falcons Marcus Mariota might be the NFL's nicest guy, but does he have an edge? Every time you see these columns, okay, where they question about a quarterback's leadership, where they question whether he's a he's a rah-rah guy and will guys follow him and everything else, there is a, there is a clickbait sense to these columns that shouldn't be a, a reflection of the writer. Because it's always the age-old question because we, we have – forever tied leadership and quarterbacks together. I, I guess to a certain extent as they should be, right? Your quarterback is supposed to be a leader. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He's the field general. General is a rank in the military. We lead. I mean, it's, you know, that's what people assume. What people don't assume is that there are different ways of leading, right? It, it, are you the rah-rah guy? Are you great in front of the microphone? Do you have like these awesome clips to say? Do you exude confidence when you talk and all these other things? And apparently that was some of the knocks on Mariota coming out of college when he left Oregon. Don't know if the guy can lead. Not sure if he's a real big leader. Okay, that's fine. 
your play always dictates your ability to lead, right? And in the column, Josh Kendall talks to all of his former teammates and current teammates, and there's not a bad word said about him. Well, I dare you to find the guy who is going to say a bad word in that column. You know, I mean, how does that question go? Hey, what was Marcus Mariota like in college? Was he a good leader? No, nah, the guy sucked. I wouldn't have followed him to the water fountain. Like that quote's not coming out anywhere. So you're always going to get this positive spin on who he is. Um, so I, I don't know that there's any real substance to the idea that he isn't a leader by asking. But let's look at this objectively, because for every Marcus Mariota out there, there's a Baker Mayfield who's sort of the opposite of Marcus, loud, boisterous, in your face, doesn't mind a microphone, always has something to say, you know, creates this, this air around him that, hey, everybody come to me. I, I, I got exactly what you need kind of deal. And Mariota's the quiet reserve guy. I covered a quarterback in Joe Flacco for 10 years when I was working in Baltimore. And you want to talk about the most non-rah-rah guy there is, quiet, unassuming, boring, um, and there was nothing good about him from a media standpoint. And there, and there appeared nothing good about him from a leadership standpoint. But he was trusted tremendously by his teammates. And his play on the field is what allowed his teammates to trust him. Here's the rub for Marcus Mariota, okay? When you look at second and third chances in this league, it's not about rah-rah this and leadership that. It's flat out about can you play. If you can play at a high level and you're not hurting the team, guess what? You're going to be fine. Rah-rah, nothing. It doesn't matter. This is simply about whether he can play. And if he plays well, all the other things fall into place. Right? I mean, I, I quote the movie Bull Durham often because it's so prophetic. There's that scene where Nuke Lelouch has fungus on his shower shoes and Kevin Costner's Crash Davis walks up to him and says, you have fungus on your shower shoes. He, he said, when you win 20 in the show and you have fungus on your shower shoes, the press thinks you're colorful. Until then, get good shower shoes. It's the same sort of premise here. Like, you're a bad leader when you lose. No matter what, you're, it's always going to be, it's, it's going to be tied in. No one's going to give you leadership attributes and pats on the back for being a two and now 15 team. But when you win games, people will always find a way to say nice things about you. Again, it was the perfect example was Joe Flacco. Was he the greatest quarterback? No, not even close. But they won. They won a lot. They went to the playoffs and they won a Super Bowl. So we'll look at all the good stuff. Quiet and assuming, but yeah, real, real, real guy we trust. You know, got, got a lot of faith in him because you can play, and that's what it boils down to for Mariota. It's that simple. Can you play? And if he can't play, guess what? He's getting benched. No matter how much of a nice guy or a good or bad leader he is, because you're on your second or third chance in his case, and it doesn't matter anymore. This is a meritocracy in the NFL. Those who play and play well stay and hang around. Those who don't do not get fruit cup. It's that simple. Now, one other quick note on the Falcons as they get ready for their game against the Lions coming up on uh, on Friday. Did you guys see the column or the note about Desmond Ritter's accuracy? I think it was in the AJC. I, I, I have to double check real quick. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But there was a note. Oh, by the way, 
We've been looking at Desmond Ritter's accuracy, and it's sort of off. We've seen him sail a couple of passes here and there. Maybe they're starting to see some of the uh, dents in the armor there uh, of the very heady, uh, cerebral, uh, thoughtful, meticulous quarterback that is Desmond Ritter. And I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'm only joking around. But um, we sort of knew this coming in that accuracy was going to be an issue. And it, it fits well with what the Falcons have done, particularly at, at the pass catcher, wide receiver, tight end position, because they're playing basketball on a football field. They're getting all these big, tall guys who are easy targets and they're hard to miss because our quarterbacks aren't exactly the most accurate. So there is a sense of, you know, um, that this was in the plan, knowing that these guys had a weak spot, both Mariota and Ritter. Are, aren't very accurate quarterbacks. So uh, let's. Uh, I'm not going to make a big deal about what I see as far as the accuracy is concerned, but I do want to watch Ritter in a game situation on Friday and see what he can do. Let's see if passes are just a wee bit off. Maybe they're sailing a little, a little bit high. I think that's something you could look at and see if there's any validity to the idea of uh, the accuracy being a problem. All right, coming up next, uh, we are going to give out a shovel of wisdom and then a list that actually says Georgia isn't the best at this position. Really? That's coming up next right here on A to Z. But first, a word from our friends at Coffee AM. Guys, simply the best small batch roaster in America, and it's right here in our backyard in Atlanta. You get the freshest coffee possible. Why? Because Coffee AM roasts and ship their coffees the same day or close to it. I'm telling you, when the box came to my house and I opened it up, you get smacked in the face with the smell of coffee. And if you love the smell of coffee, you're going to love Coffee AM. They only roast current crop specialty grade coffee and a huge selection from around the world. I mean, Sumatra, Kenya, Tanzania, like, you know, places you can't find on a map they found coffee from all over the world. Organic, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends, espressos and flavored coffees, gourmet teas, and a whole lot more. And they're roasted right here in your backyard. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today and take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on to get 15% off at checkout on your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. And it's right here in our backyard. All right, before we get to this list for college teams that, well, Georgia not being the best at this position, quite laughable, let's hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Uh, you know how we do it every day. We love to hit somebody right upside the head with a shovel, set them straight for saying or doing something stupid. You can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And today my shovel goes to Pete Rose. Yeah, good old Pete Rose. Um, yeah, Pete Rose was in front of a camera, a live camera with a microphone over the weekend. The Phillies were celebrating their 1980 uh, World Series team, and the, the original celebration was postponed for two years because of COVID uh, and the pandemic. But um, Pete Rose was around a, a throng of reporters, and apparently he was asked a question um, about a, a statutory rape case, alleged statutory rape case, um, 
that he had, you know, relations with a woman when she was a minor. Uh, and Pete Rose told the female baseball writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, quote, it was 55 years ago, babe. If that was the worst part of the whole thing, uh, this wouldn't be a shovel of wisdom. Rose tweeted, well, the reporter tweeted later Sunday that Rose offered her, if asked if he had offended her, and then offer a thousand signed baseballs for forgiveness, ultimately saying he was sorry. Um, Rose blew off another question from the AP about the, who cares what happened 50 years ago. You weren't even born, so you shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born. If you don't know a damn thing about it, don't talk about it. Rose then went on the TV broadcast, cursed several times, used crude locker room terms, including when talking about uh, talking about an announcer and fellow former Phillies first baseman, John Crook, a testicular cancer survivor. You can imagine where that went and how well that landed. I, I get that there is a certain amount of people who would love to see Pete Rose in the Baseball Hall of Fame. That ship has sailed. It is never returning to port. It is done. Pete Rose is a, a comical figure at this point and a joke. Um, I can separate that from the baseball player and the man. I, I, the manager, not so much, but the baseball player himself, the guy on the field, that iconic image of Pete Rose with his hair flapping as he's diving in the home, home plate. I mean, you know, sliding in a third. I can separate that guy from the moron who bet on baseball and the clown show that he's been ever since. But I wouldn't put a microphone, a live microphone, anywhere in front of Pete, Pete Rose for a long, long time. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap things up here with this. Uh, and credit to David Hale. Uh, ESPN staff writer for putting this this column together because I thought it was it was so interesting to see. Basically, it's what college football's position you for 2022. Which schools produce the most talent at each position? Now, when I read the headline, I'm sitting here going, Georgia has got to be. I'll let you guys finish it in your head. Running back university, right? Well, give you that in a second. Um, they are looking at 1998. And now, why 1998? They say it was a good breaking point for the start of the BCS era. Um, that represents modern college football, right? So, um, quarterback you, top five. Number five, Louisville. Number four, Alabama. Number three, Oregon. Number two, USC. Number one, Oklahoma. I guess if you look at, you know, what they've turned out of there, especially in recent years with Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and, you know, a couple of other guys, uh, now that Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, all those guys have transferred since Lincoln Riley left, but still they have figured out how to uh, how to do it right at that position. Running back university. Drum roll, please. Because it's not Georgia. It's Alabama. You want the top five? Okay, here we go. Number five, Oklahoma. Number four, Miami. Number three, LSU. Number two, Wisconsin. And number one, Alabama. Georgia apparently didn't even make the top five of this whole list, which I find incredibly, I mean, incredibly shocking. Given all the running backs that have come out there, I mean, again, you're going back to 1998, so you have to include some of this stuff. But when you go back to 1998, there's still a plethora of running backs that went to the went to the NFL. That, to me, was incredibly surprising. Wide receiver university, USC, top five, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, and USC. All right, tight end U, Miami, top five. Missouri, Florida, Stanford, Iowa, and Miami at one. Offensive line university, Alabama, no surprise there. From five to one, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Alabama. And it's not surprising that there are three Big Ten teams in there uh, in the top five. Like that really is, you know, uh, a, a sign of how that conference plays football. 
DLU, Defensive Line University, Alabama. It's getting annoying, isn't it? Clemson, Penn State, Ohio State, Florida State, and Alabama from five to one. It's getting really offensive at this point in time. Until we get to Linebacker University. Yes, your number one team, Georgia. Five to one, USC, Penn State, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. And the quick write up here. The disrespect to Nicobe Dean, the star linebacker at LBU, was immense. Dean dropped all the way to the third round, number 83 overall, where the Eagles nabbed him. Regardless, Georgia easily retained his crown atop our linebacker ratings. It's been a heck of a run for the Bulldogs. We've had 15 linebackers drafted, including five in the first round in the past decade. Georgia has had 15 all SEC linebackers since 1998 and seven All Americans. That is impressive. Alabama and Ohio State are within striking distance, but the path to LBU biggest to run through Athens for a while. There was one more one that stood out to me, DBU, which we all thought would be LSU. Nope. Ohio State. Top five from five to one, Miami, Florida, Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State. So uh, they do a kicker one, but I'm not doing that. Because kickers suck. They don't even get there. I just I said it. So, just leave it up. so uh, I thought it was an interesting list. I thought it was re- really well done. Um, and, and it's one of those that made me think like, when you think about running back university and RBU, I know Georgia usually gets that credit, but in reality, again, Alabama has turned out some massive, massive players to the NFL. Now, that doesn't mean, again, this has nothing to do with how well they do in the NFL, but Trent Richardson, who was a bust in the NFL, was the third overall pick. I mean, you know, they they, they have had a lot of – I mean, Mark Ingram's still hanging around the NFL. Who else can we think of off the top of our head here who's still hanging around the NFL that was an Alabama running back? There's, there's plenty of them. So – um, I'm not, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was surprised Georgia didn't make the top five. That to me was a little bit shocking and offensive, uh, to say the least. So, all right, that'll do it for us today here on ABC live edition on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, hit that subscribe button right now. If you're watching, uh, and share it with a friend, we're getting close to 3000 subscribers on YouTube in a really short amount of time, guys. We haven't even been at this for six months yet here at Locked on ATL. A lot of great shows on the network. This is A to Z. Of course, you get Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste, and, of course, uh, our Braves postcast after every Braves game. Don't forget about Locked on Falcons with Aaron Freeman, Locked on Hawks with Brad Rowland. We have an amazing staff here. Uh, we're working really hard to bring you some of the best content around Atlanta sports every single day. So, again, make sure you subscribe and like. Uh, all of our content, but subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on ATL, Matt Marzino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Tell a friend. We'll be back here tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern, at the same exact time, doing a full set of live shows this entire week right here on Locked on ATL. Wishing you guys a happy, wonderful Monday. Back tomorrow at 9 a.m. You guys have a great day. Don't get a crap from anybody. See you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.